Glory to God. Is God good or what? Amen? God is good. We've been on a series that I'm going to end tonight on Wednesday that uh, has been entitled Faith for Others. And, um, you know, the, the importance of this, of this whole series has been understanding the importance in our, in our lives about being at a place and a level in our lives and developing our relationships so that, that our faith stirs other people's faith. That our lives encourage and lift other people to another place. The thing about Jesus, when you read all through the Gospels and you read about His life, He had, he had a level of faith that caused other people to rise to what He believed. You know, people that were sick in their physical bodies, when they heard about Him because of what He taught, what they knew and heard about Him caused them to want to be in His presence or to you know, touch Him or be around Him or ask Him you know, to heal their bodies because they believed in what He said. You know, if a person tells you that if, if someone comes and says to you, when I pray for you, you'll be healed. If you really believe that, then you're going to have that person pray for you. The woman with the issue of blood in, in Scripture, the woman with the issue of blood went after him because of what she heard that he taught. She had exhausted all of her finances for, I don't know how many years, 12 years I think it was, and, and found nothing to help her to get well in her physical body. And when she heard that he was around, in, in, in that time period, in her condition, she could have been stoned to death right in the middle of the city. And she, she, that didn't matter to her. She wanted to be well. And she believed that he had the goods. She believed that he had what she needed and she was willing, even to the point of death, because, I mean, what, what did it matter? It was like she was dying anyway, and there was no cure, and there was no help. And it was the fact that he believed what he said that caused her to want what he had. And what happened was, instantly, she was well. She was made well in her body. And story after story after story has to do with the fact that Jesus had the faith that others could come after and, and join their faith with and cause things to happen because Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. Not his faith, but the fact that she had faith in the fact that he believed what he said. So, in the series of having faith for others, we've been talking about our words. And I'm going to just... just mentioned to you, and I'm not going to necessarily go there on all three of these passages, but these were three foundational scriptures in this passage, one in, found in James 3.2. And James 3.2 says <clears throat> that uh, we all stumble and fall in many ways, but if a man doesn't stumble and fall in what he says, the same as a perfect man, or a mature man, a developed man, and he's able to bridle his whole body. So, a person, for a person to be in control of what he does 
and a person to be in control of allowing the development of his life to be in the Word depends on whether he controls what he says. Another scripture, Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of what we say, the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit of it, whether death or life, whatever you choose. So you choose to speak life and, and, and be a doer of God's Word. You choose that, and it will produce life in everything that you do, and it will produce life for other people. So in other words, if I'm depositing the Word in my life, then I have a deposit for other people. Right? If you're depositing the Word, then you have a deposit that other people are looking for. Amen? The other verse of Scripture is found in, in uh, Mark 11 and verse 23 and 4. And it says, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have everything that he says. So if you as an individual, if you are saying things like, you know, nothing's happening in my life, I'm never going to amount to anything. Well, if you say so, if you say that, if that's what you believe, whatever, the Bible says whatever a man believes, that's what he's going to say. So if those kinds of things are what are coming out of your mouth on a regular basis, if you're saying that, then whatever you say will be so. End of story. You can argue that point all you want. I'm telling you, that's where, that's where real faith development starts when a person begins to get in control of what he says. If we don't control what we say, then we won't develop into this perfect or mature or developed person in our lives. It starts with what we say. So, having faith developed for the good of other people is something that is vital. It, it has to do with the great commission from God. The last thing that Jesus told His disciples to go tell everybody else, and it's been duplicated and passed on down for the last 2,000 plus years, was to go and make disciples of all nations. Immersing them in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are so that people can grow up and develop and have faith for others. That's been duplicated all along. The question is, how much is that being duplicated today? In the church world, do we find ourselves just playing games and going through the motions of things? Do we say one thing and we, and we look one way and inward there's, things are not right inside of us? Well, things won't be right and you can fake it till you make it for a while, but sooner or later it will be exposed. It's just the way it works. And so, why not just deal with the junk? Anybody ever had junk they had to deal with in their life? Everybody raise your hand. Well, we won't have to cast lion demons out of you tonight. <clears throat> Everybody's had something and stuff that had to deal with in their life. So, let's just deal with it. You know? Because the more I'm willing to deal with it, the more developed I get, then the more good I am for others. And God created us to be here on planet Earth for others. You were not created to just live for yourself. You weren't created for that. You were created to live for others. Before anything in life, you've been called to be a minister of reconciliation, meaning you've been called to see people have a desire in their life to want to live for God. God created everybody. Everybody was created in His image. So everybody, everybody has to have 
the, the right and privilege to be able to know who God really is, the creator of their lives. There are people all over planet earth today that have no clue who God is and that He created them. Some people think they came from a tadpole. Some people think they came from a pine cone. Some people they think they just came out of air. Some people think they came out of all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, everybody originated from God. Amen? Everybody. And God's desire isn't that, that, that nobody would perish without knowing Him in life. That no one would leave planet earth without knowing God. That's His desire and that's His will. Hell was not created for mankind. Hell was created for the devil and his demons. If a person in life leaves this life and goes to hell, it's because they choose it. We're here, busy and active and being a part of everybody else on planet earth to make sure that people get saved. I've told you this over and over again as of late. 6,000 people a day on planet earth are getting born again. If you incorporate all 200 plus countries on planet earth, that's about 30 per country. We need it to rise. Amen? But everybody say, thank God 6,000 are being saved every day. Amen? Glory to God. I choose to focus on that. I choose to focus on the good of that and develop faith and and help to make it a year from now 8,000 a day. Maybe a year from now 10,000 a day. Maybe two years from now 20,000 a day. Right? Because we're a part of the body of Jesus Christ around the world and we're going to do our part. To have faith in our lives for other people. It's not enough that people just get saved. Then we have to make disciples. God cannot build His church that the the gates of hell will not prevail against, is what He said. He can't build that church with people that are unrenewed. Our responsibility, yes, is to help people to understand who God is so that they'll choose Him and they'll desire that second birth, but then to help them mature and grow up. But Immature people can't help people mature. So we have to grow and develop and become those mature people that God created us to be. Can you say amen? So, um, so a couple, just, just a couple things I want you to, to think about. Um, <clears throat> so, one of the things and and Father I just I thank you tonight I thank you for helping me to to make sense in this point right here in the name of Jesus I believe this is going to make sense The, the Holy Spirit's the helper he won't say it for me but he'll help me say it amen so Everybody has problems. Right? Everybody has problems. But everybody doesn't have to talk the problem. You and I don't have to talk the problem. And that doesn't mean that we can't discuss what we're having a problem with. There's a difference in in discussing what I'm having an issue with to get to the bottom of the issue versus always just talking the problem. If you're not feeling well in your body for some reason, 
you're tired, you're sluggish, you feel this certain way. If you're talking all the time about being tired, okay, man, I'm tired all the time. You know what happens? You're tired. You can See, as a man thinks, he is. And a man thinks as a result of what he says. We want to change the way we think, we change what we say. See, so we're not, we're not just trying to convince ourselves that we're not tired. If you're tired, you're tired. Huh? But I want to begin to say things like, my strength comes from God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is God in me than he that's in the world. No matter what my body feels like, I choose not to be moved by what I see, but only faith and confidence in God. I have strength and power that comes from God alone. Right? I mean, God wants me speaking things that are, that are promise-related. Not, if I say enough, I'm going to convince myself I'm not tired. If you're tired, you're tired. But the way we get out of that, what helps us with that, yeah, we've got to take care of our bodies. There's cer- certain things that you can do, but I'm telling you, it starts with what you say. We don't, so, Everybody has problems or issues that they have to deal with, but we don't have to talk them. We can discuss in the right setting or situations about what we need to do to make it better, but, but me getting better starts with me declaring what God's Word says. In everything. I don't care what it is. In everything. So... Um, I'm not saying this in a negative when, when, when I say it like this, but I just want you to think about it. If something's been hard in your life, and you find yourself in so many words saying that life is hard, what you have to remember from the Word is this, that if you say so, then it is. Whatever you say is so, is so. That's why I've got to be developed in my life and come to this place of understanding that I really believe that what I say will be so for me. Death and life are in the power of my tongue for my life. Death and life destruction or blessing, one or the two, are in my life as a result of what I say for my life. God will not, even though Jesus has done everything for me, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, to live on top and not underneath. To to be blessed coming in and going out and not be under bondage and heaviness and a heavy load. He's done all of that for us. But He will not override what I say and what I think. But He's given me the Holy Ghost to help change what I think by what I say. And He will help me through the Word as I allow the pages of the book to become a part of me and I deposit it on the inside of me. Then there becomes this wealth of knowledge if I do something with it. James 1 says, That if a man is a hearer of the word and he doesn't do the word, then he walks in deception. 
So, we're talking about having faith for others, but we're talking about exposing the lies of the enemy where he comes to try to tell us that things are a certain way when they're really not. So I want to take just a minute in talking about being a doer. Um, I can remember the first time in my, my born-again life, you, you know, years ago, I've been saved for a long time, and somewhere in the early years, I can remember someone coming to me and saying, well, you're, you're not a doer. And I thought to myself, I'm a doer. What do you mean I'm not a doer? You're not a doer of the Word. Well, no, but I'm a hard worker, you know. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's, that's not what it is. Yeah, but you've got to be a doer of the Word. Well, you know, I, I can remember after a while just saying, okay, okay, I understand that. I didn't understand that. That didn't make any sense to me. What do you mean do the Word? You have to be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer. I understood what, I understood what it meant to hear the word, what it meant to hear the word, but I wasn't catching what it meant to do the word. And we've talked about being doers of the word in this place the whole time we've been in this place, the whole time we've pastored this church over the years. We've talked about being doers of the word. But if I'm a hearer and not a doer, then I deceive myself, or I walk in deception. So what, 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 is, what does that look like? I, man, I, I don't know about you, I don't, want, I don't want any deception anywhere around me. How about you? I don't, want any, I don't want any part of deception of being deceived. And one of the promises of God's Word is that I'm not deceived, you know, I'm discerning. I, I walk in discernment. I, the, the, one of the gifts of the Spirit that's available is to, to operate in and understand the discerning of different spirits and how the enemy operates. So, I'm not deceived. I'm discerning. That's what I say over myself. I'm not deceived. But you're not going to just confess something like that and not be honest about not being a doer of the Word in tough times or in difficult times or when circumstances try to say one thing and yet God's Word says something else. So, as, as I was just talking about you making a statement about life is hard, you ever heard this statement? Man, if it's not one thing, it's something else. You ever heard that? You ever said that? Man, I mean, you know, washing machine broke down, opened the refrigerator and the door fell off. I mean, this thing happened. I mean, if it's not one thing, it's something else that happens in my, I mean, day to, it seemed like every day, it seemed like everything's happening. See, the problem is, okay, you, you come and sit in church and you hear a message like this, but when the refrigerator door falls off and those words come out of your mouth, all that's doing is identifying where you're at. It's not a bad thing, it just identifies. So what we've got to do is begin to say, you know what? I'm not putting up with this. I mean, you know, you can just get the refrigerator door fixed, but after a while and you've spent, you know, $25,000 on things breaking down around you, you're, you're going, you know, my gosh, this thing's got to stop. Well, where it stops is what we say. Things like that. I mean, think of the promises in God's Word where, I mean, the children of Israel, for 40 years their shoes didn't wear out. 
I don't know about you, I don't want to be wearing the same pair of shoes for 40 years, but you know what? They didn't wear out. Right? They didn't wear out. I'm telling you, things won't break in your home. Your cars will last for years and years and years and years. Things will work. I mean, you know, do you buy a brand new car, never put any oil, never change the oil, drive it for 250,000 miles and expect it to work? No. You do your part, right? But there's something about the promise of God and us believing the Word of God that we've got to practice. You've got to practice doing the Word. You've got to practice that when it seems like things are happening around you, that you know what? I'm stopping this. This isn't happening in my house. This isn't going to happen around me. You know, along the way, you know, in our walk, when, when our children were little and we, we were developing our faith, you know, when you're raising children, you know, I, I think God gave me my children to develop my faith more than God gave me to be the parents of my children. I mean, you know, I didn't think that in the beginning, but as time went on, I realized that was true. And, and along the way, we know we have the Holy Ghost, but there were times when there were situations that arose that we had to be faithful to do what God said in a situation and not give in to pressure. I can remember, I've probably told this story before. If I did, just look at me and smile like you, you never heard it. Um, but I can remember, um, I woke up one night. I either woke up at 3 in the morning, or my wife did, and the other one of us woke up like when we were getting up, and, and, but we both had the same thoughts. And I think it was me waking up at 3. Or that sounds more spiritual anyway. And uh, <laughs> so I woke up at 3, and uh, the Lord said, my, my kids were going to go in a van to San Antonio to something in San Antonio. Two or three of my kids were going. He said, no, they're not going. You, and you know, God doesn't say, your kids can't go to San Antonio because they're going to die. He didn't say that. He just says, they don't need to go. Okay. My wife wakes up. She senses the same thing. And so, our children didn't go. And it, it was a pretty important deal that was going on because the people they were going with got offended. An offense arose. Well, we'll just let them go. No. <laughs> we were practicing something. We were learning to listen. You know, what happened or what could have happened, I don't know. But I just know that I heard that. I, I've actually, I don't know that I've ever really heard something that strong since, but there was something God was telling us, and He was telling both of us that, and we did that. We did what He said. That's being a doer of what you're hearing. You can't just write something off. We, we, if we want to understand spiritual things, then we have to practice being doers. Not just hearers. See, because what will happen is, you, you'll hear something like that, and you think everything's okay, and then something bad happens, and then people blame God. When all along, God said, don't do that. It's all developed. There was a, there was a post office shooting in... Uh, in Oklahoma, I think it was, years ago. And uh, there was a story, and I, I, I read it or I saw it, some, something. I, I just remember seeing this story about this guy that had worked at the post office for years. Never missed a day of work, ever. 
gets up the same, gets up this morning like he did all the other mornings, starts getting dressed, he's a Christian, and all of a sudden, something is like, just call in and tell him you're not coming to work today. Well, if any of you, like myself, I mean, we just, I mean, I never missed work in all the jobs I ever worked, and I never missed work, you know. Well, one time, I fainted because I had food poisoning at this place, and, and I didn't go to work that, day, that next day because I fainted. <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed. But that's the, that the only day I can remember that I missed a work. You just, you know, you don't miss. You just work. And uh, it doesn't matter, even if you don't feel real well, you still go to work unless you faint, I guess. But this guy got up that morning, just like he always did, and all of a sudden there was a change. And in his story, it was something like this. He got dressed, made his coffee like he always did or something, and, and this thing's just saying, don't go to work. It wasn't, you're going to get shot. God doesn't speak like that. Don't go to work. And he drives, he starts driving to the post office. Everything's fine, everything looks normal, there's nothing, you know, why do I have this sense? And he almost pulls into the, to the, the parking lot at, at the post office, but he keeps going. He goes around the block. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he went around the block seven times and he drove home. And that day, he was one of the guys behind the counter. The other two guys, I think it was, I think it was other, two other people there, he would have been shot with the other two. The other two died and he lived. Why? Because he obeyed. Did he struggle? Absolutely. Is there struggles in life with obeying? Absolutely. Why? Because your mind's screaming one thing. Why should I miss work? But this guy was willing, he was willing to, if you want to call it, take a chance that what he was hearing was right. What, did, what was he? He was a hearer, but then he was a doer. Right? He didn't, he didn't neglect what he heard. And, and that's what being a doer is. Those are some examples about what it means to do the Word and not just hear the Word. We can sit and hear teaching. You're hearing this Word tonight. But what will you do with this Word from here on out? What are you doing today about having faith in your life elevated so that other people can have faith in God because of the faith that they see in you? They see the development in your life, and they'll have faith in God. People are not going to believe in God because of the sky and the clouds and the sun and, 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 and sit around and, uh, on the river and notice how awesome you know, that everything around them is, is so beautiful. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden, people out, 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 of, you know, out of their mind, because there's an enemy out there, they'll convince themselves that it's really not God that created all this. It just happened. And when this life is over, then it's just done. No. This is just a pit stop for eternity. We're just learning some things by faith with resistance because when you get in heaven and you're face to face before God, the difference there is there's no resistance. See, heaven came to earth through Jesus Christ and His presence is here in us. You know, the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside of you. But there's resistance trying to tell you that what he says here is not really real and what you see is more real than what he says here. That's why we have to develop 
this doing mentality, we can't just hear we've got to learn to do. Yeah, but Pastor, what if I do something and it wasn't right? Well, at least you did something instead of just sitting back and doing nothing. And I promise you, I promise you, God has great grace. Everybody say great grace. Not just grace, but great grace. To those that will humble themselves and do what they believe is right, even if they're wrong, the correction stuff will all be worked out. Let's just keep developing and learning what it means to be a doer of the Word because that is where not only the success in your life comes from, but the success in other people. As I promise you, people will not serve God. People will not start as infants and serve God without you. The same way that a little baby that's born will not grow and develop without the parents. And that's why his commission to humanity was to make disciples. Spend time with them. Love your life. Be kind, as Jessica was saying earlier, in, in regards to money and the offering. Be kind to people. Be there for people. Help people. And the more we do that, God makes sure that things happen for you. Ephesians 6, and I think it's verse 8 says, any good thing that you do for anyone else, God makes sure it comes back to you. Everybody say good thing. Uh, I, we just, God wants you living your life doing good things for people. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I've done a lot of, yeah, yeah, but that's why Jesus came. He came to set us free from all the bad things we've done so we can practice doing the good things now. All I want to do from right now on is good. I don't want to do any bad. I don't want to be ugly to anybody. I don't want to ever overreact ever again. Amen. Ever. I never want to ever, ever, ever overreact one time, ever. No matter what anybody else does, I never, ever, ever want to overreact. Will I? No, don't answer. Will I? If I choose. I mean, he's left it with us. He's left it with us. I will overreact if I choose to. Do I have to? No. No. person that controls what he says is the same as a perfect, not a flawless man, but a developed man. Can we come to a place where we don't have to be ugly to anybody for 30 days? Can we come to that place? Six months? A year? Never be ugly to anybody? Two years, three years, can we actually do it? The Bible says we can, if we choose. See, we've left this backdoor escape route in our lives that, well, you know, I'm going to screw up, so I might as well just kick the dog now, right? I'm going to mess up today, so I might as well be ugly, you know, so I get it over with. And that's a wrong mentality. I mean, it's messed with us, and it's messed with our thinking, so we get in that sin mentality to where we think we're going to do it anyway when we don't have to. I will if I choose, but I don't have to. But I can, but I don't have to. But I can. But I don't have to. Right? But I can, but I don't have to. But I can. But I don't have to. But I can. But I can. But I don't have to. That's right. We don't have to. Okay. Let me just end. 
Two things. I want to read 2 Corinthians 4.13. And then I want to read... Gosh, this scripture is powerful. Especially just based on everything I just said. This is one verse. And since we have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith is who? Jesus. I have the same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and I if we're born again. Same spirit. So I have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed Therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. See, because, notice verse, I was just going to read the one, but um, notice verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? They're temporary. Temporary is defined as subject to change. So the things that I see are not really real. So when I feel a certain way, and I talk how I feel, that thing that I feel is not really real if I believe what the Word says. Now, I'm not saying that you don't deny how your body feels, okay? You're not denying that. Somebody says, you know, you're blowing your nose, so you got a runny nose. No, I don't have a runny nose. No, you're lying. you got a runny nose. But I don't have to give in to that because that's subject to change. And I'm telling you where it really changes is where I declare by His stripes, I am healed. Amen? I am healed according to the Word of God. So he says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are what? They're eternal. Why? Because I have the same spirit of faith as Jesus. We're not talking about, when we talk about having faith, I'm not talking about faith in my faith. I'm talking about faith in the fact that he overcame. And the faith that he had is the faith that I'm duplicating. It's not, it's not faith in my faith that, is, that I'm developing in myself and I'm more spiritual than you. And No, 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 no. It's faith in the fact that he overcame, according to 1 John 5 and verse 4. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even my faith. My faith in the fact that he overcame. That makes me a world overcomer. But the victory that overcomes is where I trust Him and I'm a doer in what He says and not moved by what I see. Those things that I see are temporary. God has positioned us to be liberated and free. Can you say amen? Amen. So, in Mark 5, and I'll end with this. I want you to just remember this. I touched on it a minute ago, but I want you to remember this. Mark 5. 
and verse um, So here's Jesus and, and um, Jairus' daughter is, you know, sick and ends up, they say she died. And along the way the, is the woman with the issue of blood. But I want, I want to just read from verse um, 24. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude, he went with Jairus, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Yeah, that's right. It was 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grow worse. She, re- she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind Him in the crowd and touched His garment. For she said, everybody say, she said. She said. So the woman said, I'll never make it. Mm-mm. The hem of his garment's kind of old. I don't even want to touch it. Mm-mm. Remember, whatever I say is so. And she said, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well immediately, if not sooner. The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. 12 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical bills and expenses and nothing. She grew worse. And in a moment, suddenly, immediately. Why? Because of her faith. Why? Because of His faith. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to hone in on. See, immediately the blood was dried up because of, he said, because of her faith, but her faith was because of his faith. And in a moment, 12 years of agony is removed. Think about how vitally important it is to develop our faith, to have the attitude, I never have to miss it again. I never have to do the wrong thing ever again. Well, but what is the wrong thing? <laughs> you got the Holy Ghost. He'll show you what's wrong what's not. I never have to do the wrong thing. Yeah, but Pastor, what if I do? Then we have Jesus. We have the, the one who is the propitiation for our sins. The one who is the stand-in for what we did. We can draw from Him. We can run to When you have that attitude, when you screw up, you can run to Him and He accepts you. You can be set free and be empowered to never do it again. We don't have to do it. We don't have to make mistakes. I'm telling you folks, we don't have to make mistakes. Why? Because we're so good? Come on. Not even for a second. Because we have the same spirit of faith that he had. Why? Because he gave it to us. He dealt to each man a measure of faith. Every one of us have the same measure of faith dealt to us that he dealt to us because of what he chose at Calvary. He chose the ultimate act, the ultimate act of obedience. God, if there be any other way, not my will, but yours be done. And what He did caused you and I to be liberated and free. I'm telling you today, there are things in your life as you're developing that people will accomplish in their lives because of you. 
and see it's the God in you. It's not me. Come on. It's not you. Come on. I don't care how good you think you are at anything. It's, you're nothing. Everything you have is on loan from God anyway. Everything. Talent, abilities, this, that. I don't care what it is. It's all on loan from God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's given authority to the sons of men to be who we were created to be on the earth. And now there's people everywhere. Sunday and our friends day. You're going to bring people with you. And there's a presence here on purpose. There's an anointing here on purpose. When you bring people with you and they're here, they're going to get something. Right? But what they're going to see is that we're a group of people that believe in what we have. And if they see that you believe in what you have, then what will happen is they'll want what you have, but what you have is from God, and it's what's on the inside of you, and, and as they see it developed in you and it working in you, then they'll hunger for it and it'll work for them. Because God's no respecter of person. What He'll do for you, He'll do for anybody else. That's why we got to develop. So today, today is my day. Say that. This week, it's my week. It's my week. It's my week. The rest of this year, my year. Say it. Say, 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 that, say, say that after me. Say it after me. Here we go. All three. Today is my day. This week is my week. This year is my year. I take everything that God has for me this year. In the name of Jesus. Man, come on. I promise you, I promise you, you won't get sick saying things like that. Well, I don't know about all that. Well, then it won't hurt you. And it won't happen for you. And things won't change for you. If we don't change what we say. Whatever you say is so, will be so. We just have to be busy knowing what God says is so. So what I'm doing is I'm like a tape recorder repeating everything he says is so, and I'm enforcing what he's already enforced. Standing behind that. Amen?